Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, great shepherd of the sheep, satisfy us. Lord Jesus, great shepherd of the sheep, lead us by faith. Stir our faith, O Lord. Lord Jesus, great shepherd of the sheep, fill our hearts with gladness. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Well, there is so much here in our readings this morning, but I would like to invite you to turn with me to Psalm 23. I will be uh, reading from a different translation from which is in our service booklets. I'll be utilizing the ESV standard version. And you have within your booklets the Coverdale version, which is a ancient version uh, written in the 16th century. But we're going to look at Psalm 23. There is perhaps no other psalm that is as familiar as Psalm 23. It's one for which many of us have put to memory, perhaps not even realizing the great strength for which we possess from it, perhaps not even aware of the armament that we have and that we are able to wield because of it. This psalm is perhaps one of the greatest of all psalms that the church has to treasure and to employ. It is, after all, written by King David himself, who was the Lord's, who, who, who was, who came, who the Lord came from. This is why he's called the son of David. And here David shows the loftiness and the lowliness of our Lord. Here he gives reason for why the Lord is trustworthy. You see, this psalm is about the trust and the delight for those who are of his flock. We have before us two scenes in this psalm. Two scenes that converge into one psalm that echoes of trust and delight of those who are of the Lord's flock and dwell in the Lord's house. The first scene, verses 1 to 4, are told from the perspective of a grateful sheep. The second, verses 5 and 6, are told from the perspective of a grateful guest. The former describes the sheep's complete satisfaction for his shepherd. The latter describes the guest's exceeding joy received from the host and his hope to dwell in his house forever. You see, these two scenes are intimately familiar with David. He was both a shepherd and a king. He knew what was required to provide and protect sheep, and he knew what was required for a king to lavish his promise upon his most privileged guests. And so in this hymn of worship, we see that David reveals to us what a true worshiper looks like. It's like a guest who is captivated and able to enjoy the goodness and the benefits of his hosts. A true worshiper is like 
a sheep who is able to be satisfied and not want anything more than but to follow his shepherd. For his shepherd leads him to, causes him to lie down in green pastures and nourishes him. His shepherd leads him beside still waters. This is what a true worshiper looks like. David exposes for us that a true worshiper is satisfied. A true worshiper lives by faith. A true worshiper is one who celebrates. He exposes who they are, you see. David exposes how they are to live. And he exposes what they are to do. So who are we to be? We are to be satisfied. As true worshipers, we are to be satisfied. We're not to want anything but our Lord who is our shepherd. We read in verse 1 that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I find it interesting that of all the illustrations that David could have used to describe his satisfaction from the Lord, he does so by describing Yahweh as shepherd. He does not describe him as a warrior or even as a king at first, but as a shepherd. See, David knew what a shepherd was. He knew that a shepherd must be tender, yet fierce. He knew that a shepherd must be diligent and dutiful and humble. So when the Lord is our shepherd, we are completely satisfied This is David's claim. And he goes on to make his case and to detail why this is so. In verse 2, David sings of how his shepherd makes him to lie down in green pastures and leads him beside still waters. His satisfaction, his joy, and his peace are from the shepherd's provision and protection. You see, that's what the shepherd does. He provides and protects It is the Lord who provides a peaceful place of resting and feeding for his sheep. How satisfying is the Lord's rest and nourishment. For his sheep, their delight becomes their devotion. Their delight, their enjoyment plunges them deeper and deeper in love for their Lord, their shepherd. They're satisfied and their satisfaction gives them reason to trust in the Lord all the more. You see, this psalm concerns the subject of trust. Trusting our Lord, who is our shepherd and is our host. How foreign is that phrase, I shall not want. Our day and age is consumed and controlled by insatiable appetites that leave us empty and even destroyed. The most dangerous thing before us, the greatest thing that threatens our life is not education or opportunity. It is our wants. Are we empty and unfulfilled? Are we waiting for the next fleeting moment or endeavor that will fancy our ego and leave us wanting? What do we want? 
Is it something other than the Lord as our shepherd? Can we join with David and say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What a statement. What a claim. As children of God, as the flock of Christ, we are to want nothing else but the shepherd. We are to denounce our wantings if it be not Christ. How wonderfully foreign is this statement? How radical, how otherworldly is this statement, I shall not want? You see how David is giving witness of the good news of Christ Jesus, who says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. This is why we should not want anything but our good shepherd. He gives us life by laying down his life. And he does this to provide and protect and promise us. He does this so that we may want nothing but him. You see, there is rest for those who are of the flock of the Lord. Yes, we can lie down and rest in the green pastures before us. He makes our hearts so that they are no longer tormented by insatiable desires of the flesh because He makes us to rest in Him. The great shepherd says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In other words, he says that he will satisfy us. He will fulfill us. But we must hear his voice. We must be familiar with his voice. We must know the name for which he gives us. Just as a shepherd would lead by calling his sheep, so does our Lord lead us by calling us. Do you hear him calling you? Do you recognize his voice? We read that he gives his sheep food to eat and water to drink. We read that he makes them to lie down in green pastures and leads them beside still waters. How does he give his sheep food to eat? He makes them to lie down and feast on the word, to rest and to enjoy the, their nourishment in the word. You see, this is the good shepherd who has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, that we might hear them and read and mark and learn and inwardly digest them. And so let us listen to him. Let us drop to our knees and plead for his grace daily let us open up our Bibles and hear his word. Let us lie down in green pastures and be filled. Are we satisfied? Are we satisfied in him? Are we feasting on his word every morning and evening? Is it work or is it delight? If the Lord is our shepherd, then we must hear his voice and be nourished by his provision. How does he give his sheep water to drink? He leads them beside still waters and nourishes them with peace and comfort 
from the Holy Spirit. You see, rushing waters will only frighten sheep and make them alarmed, but calm waters will soothe and nourish them. You see how our Lord lisps to us? You see how He condescends and meets us where we are? He does not stand afar off and tell us to come to Him. No, He comes to us. He leads us beside calm waters because He knows rushing waters will only frighten us and cause us not to drink. And so it is through His Word and it is through His Spirit that we are nourished and refreshed and restored. He not only nourishes us, but He does so in such a way that is best for us. He is the Good Shepherd. And this is why David proclaims in verse 3 that he restores his soul and he leads him in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though this psalm is often read at funerals and associated with death, make no mistake, this psalm is about life. He restores my soul, he says. In other words, He restores my life. I have life because of Him. Because He is good and He is my shepherd and I am His sheep. He makes me strong and leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Not only does the shepherd provide a peaceful place of resting and feeding, but a path that sends us forth to witness the Lord's glorious character. We give witness to his character by fearing no evil. When we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we have no reason to fear. Now notice the clause, for his name's sake. This describes the purpose of the righteous path for which the Lord leads his sheep. It is for his name's sake. It is for his purpose. It is because of His character. His saving character. He is good. He is not just the shepherd, but the good shepherd. And so, how are we to live? We're to live by faith, not by fear. Even when the snares of death encompass us, even when the pangs of Sheol lay hold on us, May we say with the psalmist, Gracious is the Lord and righteous our God is merciful. We live by faith, not by fear. It's the very character of God for which the psalmist describes gracious, righteous, and merciful that defines our life. We live by trusting in the Good Shepherd. Despite being fraught with great danger where death seems to lurk all about, we are given reason for why the sheep of the great shepherd's flock are not to fear. It's because the shepherd is with his sheep when they walk through the valley of the shadow of death. His sheep are not alone, even when it seems to be so. When light seems to overcome, be overcome with darkness and death is palpable, The Lord is with his sheep 
Therefore, David says that he will not fear. Though circumstances may give reason to fear, the shepherd's character does not. Remember those last words from our Lord to his disciples in the Gospel of Matthew, where he says, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He's the hero that makes us victorious. Or as Paul says, he is the conqueror who makes us more than conquerors. If he is with us, how shall we fail? We have no reason to fear. And this is why David vows to fear no evil because the Lord is with him. And he draws upon signs that give witness to his great comfort. Both the rod and staff of the Lord, his shepherd provides, provides deep and practical meaning. They symbolize both the covenantal history of salvation as well as the practical care of shepherding sheep. They are instruments that provide sheep not only with practical comfort, but also covenantal comfort. They represent divine favor, mercy, power, and protection. What signs has the Lord given us to stir up our faith? Let us draw upon the comfort of them so that our faith is made strong. If we are to walk by faith, then we must have courage to obey. And finally, what are we to do? What are we to do? It's clear. We are to celebrate. Suddenly we find ourselves at a banquet, don't we? In verses 5 and 6, we we find that we are no longer like sheep in a field with their shepherd, but are like guests at a banquet with their royal Lord. Though the scene has changed, the character of this hymn has not. The banquet is for those who truly trust and believe and are satisfied in the Lord. This banquet represents victory, vindication, divine authority, and unending joy. It's a banquet that gives us reason to celebrate. We read that the Lord prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Not only is the faithful given a glorious banquet of victory, but a banquet of vindication as their enemies stand by and observe their victory. Though the faithful suffer injustice in this world, they will be vindicated. God is both just and true, and He will not overlook the wrong that is in this world. He will not overlook the victims of injustice. So maybe you are here today suffering from hurt and heartache. Put your trust in the Lord. He will vindicate you. Meditate upon Him. He will not only satisfy you, but He will give you reason to rejoice. He is both justice and truth. He is your satisfaction and your celebration. We read that the Lord anoints our heads with oil and our cup overflows. The messianic sign of being anointed authorizes the faithful to rule and reign just like their Lord, just like their host. 
They are anointed. They are authorized to enjoy the benefits for which, for which their host shares with them. There is exceeding joy that is symbolized through this phrase, my cup overflows. It is exceeding. It is unending. The same mark that gives witness of the Lord's saving character covers our head. The fragrance of His promise pervades all about us. Our cup overflows with unending joy. In verse 6, we read that surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here we find one final confident declaration that the Lord's steadfast love will continue to pursue those who trust in Him. David is confident of this. He declares this with authority and confidence, and so should we. We don't simply look forward to tomorrow, but we are filled with joy today. This is not simply about the future, you see. This is also about the present. We should never expect to enjoy the Lord's blessing for tomorrow if we do not know it today. And so I ask, are we a people of celebration or a people of sorrow and distraction? Are we a people of unending joy or a people of fleeting pleasure? Are we able to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want? Are we able to say, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me? Are we able to say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever? We may fool others but we will not fool the Lord who is the shepherd of His flock. He knows His flock. He knows if we want nothing but Him. He knows whether we live by fear or by faith. He knows if we are filled with joy or filled with sorrow. You cannot fool the Good Shepherd. And so ask yourself this, Ask yourself, who am I? Am I of the flock of Christ? Am I satisfied? Do I live by faith? Am I rejoicing and celebrating in the unending joy of my salvation? If we wish to be safe and secure and satisfied, then we must know the Lord who is both shepherd and king. Amen.